Hi, everyone. Before we continue in our episode series with dog and human aggression outside of the home, and that's what we've been talking about, I'd like to talk about a different type of aggression. And this is covered in one of my early episodes, The Seven Types of Dog Aggression. The one I want to talk about today a little bit, because we need to, is territorial aggression, also called territorial fear aggression, also called sentry dog, S-E-N-T-R-Y. And I'm dating myself a little bit because that's really an old term, but that's what we used to call it way back when. This is a form of human aggression that almost all dogs with some level of human aggression outside of the home also have. I don't know if I've ever seen a dog that is not happy around people outside the home that didn't have this. I mean, it's, it's all it's sort of a continuum, so some are more or less, but pretty much every one of them has this. And we're going to answer the question in this episode, why is this aggression different and what do I need to do about it? It's extremely common, but is frequently ignored or not recognized by dog owners. Dog owners sometimes explain the behavior away by using some anthropomorphic explanations. And that word anthropomorphic, now that's as many times as I can say it without stumbling over the words, just means we give a human interpretation of the behavior. I'm also in this episode going to answer a listener's question about this very subject. It was really great. I was putting this episode together and someone left me a really nice comment about their dog who has territorial aggression, although I'm not sure they have assessed it as that, but we're going to talk about that today just for a minute. It's a real world example. We'll pick up on your dog's aggression outside of the home in our next episode, but we need to cover this territorial aggression before proceeding. It's that important. This is really important to those who have a dog with human aggression. Hi, I'm Scott Schaefer, and you're listening to the Dog Aggression Answers Podcast. I've worked with thousands of aggressive dogs and their owners, and I'm certified by two international certifying organizations in dog behavior. In this podcast series, I'll explain why your dog is acting aggressively and provide recognized science-based answers, things you can do to make things better. Understanding and addressing your dog's aggression will make living with your dog better and, let's not forget, Improve your dog's life, too. Jim is a listener who sent me a detailed comment about his dog. His comments reflect so many of the clients I see privately and to those listening to this podcast. I'd like to briefly focus on the territorial aggression problem that I see with so many clients and I hear from from so many of the podcast listeners. Let me just quote briefly from his note. We have an Australian Labradoodle named Bo, almost three years old. Before I comment any further about Jim's message, I just want to say, just add a little side note here. Unfortunately, and Jim did this very innocently in a trusting way, I'm sure. I see this all the time. Jim took his dog to a couple of dog trainers who use both prong collars and shock collars to treat Bo's aggression. And after listening to this podcast, Jim now understands why his dog aggression got worse during this training. And I've covered this in prior episodes, this kind of thing. I have to be honest with you guys. This drives me nuts when dog trainers take a dog who has a behavioral issue, use 
methods, that is prong collars and shock collars, that are contraindicated that make the situation worse. Going on with his comments, Jim writes, he acts aggressively on walks when we pass other people or dogs, and he acts aggressively when strangers come into our home. So when Jim says come into our home, he is talking about territorial aggression. Jim is very observant to notice these three issues to parse these out, dog, human, and territorial aggression. They frequently come together, and their territorial aggression is what we're going to talk about in today's episode. Jim goes on to say in his note, we can take him into a Lowe's or pet store, for example, pass close by dozens of people, have him sit unattended in an aisle by himself, and he never exhibits any aggression. This was all part of his training. We are not sure why he is scared and aggressive in our neighborhood, but not in situations like this. Let me comment about Jim's comments to me. We could talk for hours about this insightful part of Jim's comments. Let me very briefly highlight a couple of things. Jim, number one, and I'm not trying to sound like your fifth grade teacher here, but really listen to me on this. Don't take Bo into Lowe's, pet stores, etc. Please don't do that. Please see episode seven where I cover literally this same scenario that didn't turn out well for anyone. I go over a situation that happened in Colorado where someone took their dog into Home Depot and it didn't turn out well. Dogs have essentially three responses to stress, just like people do. Fight, flight, freeze. Dogs can do and will do all three in some situations, although most dogs tend to do one of the three, but they can mix them all up. When they are really overwhelmed, they frequently freeze, also called shutting down or dissociation. I'm guessing this is probably what happened with your dog at Lowe's. This is not territorial aggression, by the way. Lowe's is almost certainly not considered his territory. This is just the type of aggression you see outside the home. And I'm just telling you that I'm guessing he's shutting down or he's masking. And we've talked about masking before. Ian Dunbar, who's probably the best known behaviorist in the world, he is obviously one that I read everything he does, among some others. He calls these kinds of dogs a ticking time bomb. And what he means by ticking time bomb is through the masking and the shutting down They're just restraining this behavior, restraining this behavior until the stress level or fear level gets so high that they bite. Let's talk for a second about masking again. Dogs that have had abusive techniques that have been used on them to stop showing aggression, for example, just treating the symptom and making it worse, we've talked about this before, frequently learn to mask their response. In other words, the dog is extremely uncomfortable and is hiding his aggression until the dog just can't take it any longer, as we mentioned earlier, and suddenly out of nowhere, bites someone. This is the genesis of bite out of nowhere dogs. How many times have you heard that before where people said, he just bit out of nowhere, even though we've taken him to all these dog trainers using shock collars and prong collars, and they had stopped the behavior. I think you now understand the problem. So when we take a dog like this into Lowe's, We are asking for trouble. It's Russian roulette. The last thing I want to make about your comments and about your notes, Jim, is 
when you say one issue we face with the reward system is that Bo typically has no interest in food or treats when he is in these anxiety-provoking situations. Well, Jim, let me just comment on that. It is extremely common for aggressive or fearful dogs to stop taking treats. They are stressed and much more worried about the scary trigger, dog and or human, than they are about a treat. This is a really important signal that your dog is probably pretty worried about it. This can be addressed by reducing stress, more threshold distance, and or using a behavioral tool mentioned in earlier episodes. Or final thing you can do is increasing the value of the treat to overcome the stress level. Thanks, Jim, for your comments. The thing I want to leave with you is don't take your dog into crowded areas. That's a basic. Continue with this podcast and we'll talk about the proper way to address these issues and just really not make things worse. Really appreciate your comment. Thanks, Jim. And for anyone else that would like to leave a comment, please go to dogaggressionanswers.com. And on that landing page at the very bottom, you'll see a couple of buttons where you can leave me a message. I really appreciate it. Love responding to all of those and frequently include them in the episodes here. Let's talk now about territorial aggression. First, what is it? It's an increased fear of visitors in the dog's territory. That's human visitors. Who decides what the territory is and who the scary people are? You guessed it if you've been listening to these episodes. Your dog does. It doesn't matter if it's your best friend, your sister, or your mother. It doesn't matter. It's what the dog thinks about this person. They always decide who the scary people are. That's really, really important. The same is true for the territory. Who decides what the territory is? The dog decides. In both these cases, who the scary people are and what the territory is, in both cases, your dog gets all the votes. They get 30 votes and you get one. They always win. We always have to pay attention to what the dog is telling us. With most dogs, 90% of them, I'm going to say, and that's probably a pretty good number, and that's just from my the thousands of clients I've seen, about 90%, maybe a little less, maybe 80, I'm going to say 80 to 90%, not scientific. I'm just kind of, I'm shooting from the lip here, as they say. Use aggression to keep visitors from coming in, and they want them to leave. The other side, the other 20%, 10%, will hide. They'll try to get back and hide from the scary person. But remember, and this is exceedingly important, they both have the same root cause, and that's fear of unfamiliar people. They are scared. When I work with clients whose dog has territorial aggression, and I'm not kidding when I say I've seen thousands, I always ask, I am doing somewhat of a scientific survey here. I always ask them, I say, how many people is your dog good with? How many people can come in your home and you have absolutely no concern about how your dog will respond? Your dog is very friendly or affiliative with the people. They have a soft body. Their their whole body is wagging and their mouth is open and they're excited about going up to the person. Someone you could give the keys to to your home and they could come in and take care of your dog when you're gone and you would have no concerns whatsoever. The number that I find I'm not kidding you when I say this, 95% of the time is three to five people. That's inclusive of the owners. 
So a couple of, like, let's say a husband and a wife owner and one to three others. That is very, very typical. And the reason I'm telling you this, if you have a dog that hardly tolerates anyone and displays territorial aggression in your home, three to five, that's what you could expect. And we call those level one visitors. More on that in a sec. Why does your dog have an increased fear of humans in their territory? And let's define territory again just a little bit more. Territory would be typically it's inside the home and frequently in almost all cases is the back lawn, the lawn area, sometimes can extend to the front lawn or the front area of the home and can even go further than that. Again, the dog determines the territory. What we typically see with dogs with significant territorial aggression is marking. Dogs will tend to mark a whole lot when they are out and they're extending their territory. And that is not something you want to do, which is why when we talk about handling skills, I I don't encourage you to stop when they mark. They want to mark. They don't need to mark. Keep moving. You do not want to encourage that behavior whatsoever. And a lot has been written about that. You don't want them to extend the territory. Now, not all dogs with territorial aggression do that, but many do. Why? Do dogs have this increased fear of humans in the territory? There's three primary reasons. One, the sudden appearance. So we already have a dog that's somewhat afraid of people, and all of a sudden they appear at the front door. They're startled, and there's the doorbell knocking thing, and boy, that's a whole nother episode on that. That's a conditioned stimulus, but boy, they don't like when they suddenly appear. I don't like humans, but now you're just suddenly appearing. Don't like that, says your dog. Second reason, the territory as... They define it, which is, again, typically almost always inside the home. That's their safe place. They're there with mom and dad and a family member or two. They're happy. They don't want to be invaded. They feel especially violated. And I know that's a human term, but just to give you a feel for how they feel, that is really something they don't want. This is my safe place. Don't come in here. Get out. The third one has to do with threshold distance. I call it avenues of escape. Where's the dog going to go? Your dog's not dumb. Here comes this guy suddenly appearing, or a woman, doesn't matter, into my safe place. And where am I going to go? I know I'm trapped in here. Now, I want you to think about something. If you really want to get into your dog's head, I want you to think if there was a home invasion in your home. Do you realize that those three issues are exactly why you would be horrified, why the thought of someone breaking into our home is horrible. Why? They suddenly break in. There they are. No preparation. Two, this is your safe place. You're never expecting something like this. Three, where are you going to go? Are you getting a feel for how your dog feels? This is the problem. They are scared. And let me say something else. This is really important. Your dog is not protecting you. Your dog is not protecting your home. Your dog is not protecting your children. Your dog is not protecting anything else. What is your dog protecting? Themselves. Themselves. Now, it may appear that they're protecting you or your home or your children or whatever, your other dogs, who knows? They're not. They're not. It's a primal fear. They are scared of this person come in to the home and they don't want to coming in. That's it. All right, let's talk about the three levels or three categories of visitors to your home very briefly. We talked about level one already. 
the three to five people, normally, it could be less, it could be a little more, almost always is in that range that the dog is completely fine with. No action needed. Just let them in. Level two, these are the people the dog is not good with, but they do come to your home on a somewhat regular basis. This would typically be family, friends, neighbors. And it would normally be around 10 to 15 people for most people. That's kind of what I find. And the third level is one and done visitors. Plumbers are a great example. People that we need to come into our home, do things, but it's a one-time thing. Someone that is coming in to sell you Girl Scout cookies or whatever. You may not ever see them again. We're not that concerned. How do we handle each of these? Well, the level one is simple. These are people the dog is great with already. Just let them in and we're done. Let's go to level three next. For a one-and-done visitor, again, the plumber, etc., put the dog in a safe place for the duration of their visit. What is a safe place? You've got to have one of these if you have a dog with any inclination at all toward territorial aggression. A safe place has these elements. Number one, it is away from the main living area of the house. Don't put them in the living room. I don't want the dog looking at the visitor. I want the dog back and away with no line of sight. See how we keep bringing up line of sight? If you have an aggressive dog, line of sight is huge. So we put the dog somewhere like a back bedroom where we can close the door. The second element is I like to put some music in there. Classical music works great. Classical music tends to calm dogs down. It's free. Get it on the radio, streaming, whatever. And it also can act as a way to hide or veil, like white noise, the sounds of the visitor out there. And of course, we also want a place that we can securely close the door. We don't have any concern about the dog opening the door. That's a safe place for level three visitors. That's where you put them in. You leave them there for the duration of the visit. Now let's talk about level two, and this is the really important one. If your dog is very mildly aggressive or avoidant, that 10 or 20% that kind of want to stay away from the visitor, to people that you'd like to know, that you'd like to have them okay with your dog and vice versa, then you can implement the three rules, the three rules that we'll talk about in a second with these people. And by mildly, I mean Your dog has no bite history whatsoever of any kind to anyone. Your dog just keeps somewhat of a distance from the visitor and doesn't have any intention of biting or doing anything more and certainly doesn't display any significant or notable aggression such as growling, lunging, barking, chuffing, etc. If their aggression or body language is anything more than this, treat all visitors other than level ones to your home as level threes you won't have a level two program for this dog. We'll talk more in future episodes about dogs that are more significantly aggressive than this and how you might handle it. One thing I've noticed about visitors to homes, and this is really kind of a COVID thing, I I think too, but it was a trend I was seeing anyway over the last number of years. People don't come to people's homes like they used to, which in a way is kind of sad. They don't visit and show up at people's front doors like they used to. If you're someone, and there's a lot of people like this for various reasons, locations, vocations, that kind of thing, 
If you have a guest to your home only every few months or something, it just makes sense to manage things instead of trying to do any kind of behavior modification. There has to be some level of frequency of visitors for any kind of behavior modification and work for that matter. If you're only doing what we're going to talk about here in just a second, every few months, I don't think it's going to have much of an impact with your dog, and it's not really worth the effort. If you only rarely have visitors to your home, then just treat everyone like a level three. Put them back in their safe place, turn the music on, and close the door and go out. That's what I would encourage you to do. But if you have some level of level two visitors and you have very mild territorial aggression that you've observed in your dog with no bite history whatsoever, then you might consider doing the three rules. First of all, three rules. I love the three rules. I mean, it is an axiom of behavior modification. The overriding principle of the three rules is that your dog doesn't want attention. Let that sink in for a second. If you have a fearful dog, they don't want attention from people that they think are scary, unfamiliar to them. Why? Because it makes them look even more scary. Where I see this as a problem so often is at vet practices. The vet employees, the veterinarians themselves, especially newer vets, do exactly the wrong thing. Their voice pitches up. They put their fist out and put it in front of the dog, like, smell my fist. Oh, oochie coochie and all this. And the dog is scared to death. No, no, no. Dogs that are fearful of some humans don't want attention from them. And I'm going to tell you right now how to implement that. These rules, by the way, the three rules that we're about ready to go over, apply 24-7 to your human aggressive dog, and especially so in your home. I want you to do, especially, and we're really talking about rules one and two, are 24-7 everywhere. Rules one, two, and three apply in your home to people that your dog thinks are unfamiliar. Rule number one. And a lot of people have figured this out. Rule number one, people that your dog is not comfortable with are not to look, touch, or talk to your dog. No attention. You can't say ignore my dog because people always have a different interpretation of what that means. It's sort of a subjective term. You're going to say, don't look, touch, or talk. Obviously, you'll do it in a nice way, but people really understand that. And when you say something like, my dog is really fearful of people that they don't know, can I get you not to look? touch, or talk. And that's very specific. And people comply. And I think people almost think of it as kind of fun in a way. I don't know. And by the way, if you have a 130-pound Rottweiler, people typically are very happy to comply with that. And I say that kind of kiddingly. Obviously, if you have a really large dog that's aggressive, that's a whole nother program. But that's rule number one. Rule number two, they are not to approach your dog Again, here we are talking about threshold distance. Threshold distance principles apply everywhere. Your dog doesn't want people getting close to them because distance equals safety. And certainly if someone moves toward your dog, not good. And that's why that fist in the face thing, I'm going to throw my fist out there and let your dog smell me. Do you know how many people have been bitten on the hand doing this? How would you feel... If you're a dog and some big giant person that you don't know throws their fist in your face, not comforting, is it? And they may sniff it 
to assess the danger or to learn more. They're pretty scared when they're doing this. Don't have them approach and do that. Rule number three actually has three components, A, B, and C. Component A of rule three, and this is only to be done inside your home because your dog's going to be off-leash doing this, and it's only for very mildly aggressive dogs. I want to give you that caveat again. If your dog is moderately or more aggressive, you don't want to do this. If he's just mildly aggressive, you can do this. And it's called treats behind. What is treats behind? Treats behind is a technique that we use in the behavior world that is so much better than when people come in your home, when people will take a treat and try to give it to your dog. And the dog is leaning out over his body, is tentatively and really fearful when they're moving up to get this treat. This is not a good scenario. How do we fix that? We fix that by having the visitor throw the treat repeatedly behind the dog. How great is that? The dog actually moves away from the visitor, giving the dog more threshold distance. The dog is very happy with this. And you want a super high value treat that maybe only the dog gets in your home. And what's the dog going to do? The dog is going to take the treat and return back to the visitor at a distance that they are comfortable with. This is a really great exercise. The visitor throws two, three, four, five, six treats, goes back, gets some, and keeps coming back to a distance that they're comfortable with. One of the caveats I have for this is when the dog, and this happens frequently, is all the way up to the person, is now moving all the way up to the person, they are still to apply rules one and two, which says don't look, touch, talk, and don't approach. They are just to stand there throwing the treats underhand not looking, touching, talking, or approaching the dog. Rules one and two still apply. Just because the dog is moving toward the person doesn't mean that everything is cool yet, not by a long shot. The reason your dog is doing this is because it's not scary, it's rewarding, the person is not doing any scary things, so let's not break that contract. We want to just keep doing this forever. We want to do this for a long time over maybe many visits. Now, component A that we just talked about is done by the visitor. Component B of rule three is done by you. And it's really simple. And here's all I want you to do. I want you to have some high value treats. And every time your dog looks at the visitor, I mean, direct eye contact to the visitor, give him a treat. You could jazz this up by using a clicker. I don't know if that's going to always be possible. But if you use a clicker, do it properly. It looks like this. Your dog makes direct eye contact to the visitor, meaning head is turned toward the visitor. You throw a treat to the dog. What is this doing? This is telling the dog a couple of things. One, it's okay to look at the visitor. That's actually kind of a rewarding thing. And that the visitor's presence predicts good things. And this is especially important when the visitor moves because dogs with human aggression don't like scary visitors that move. That scares them. So just every time your dog looks, that's going to be your issue as the dog owner to give them a treat. All right, let's talk about component C of the three rules, and that is targeting. And this is using an intuitive behavior, a natural behavior, a behavior your dog can't help, 
And that's when new things are presented, they have to go touch them with their nose. Can't help it. Once your dog is really doing well with the treats behind, with maybe repeated visits by this visitor, and you're doing the looking thing where every time your dog looks, you reward your dog, then you might consider the targeting or touch command. And what what that is simply is the visitor puts their hand down by their side, the dog goes and touches their hand with their nose, and the visitor gives the dog a reward. It's important that you teach your dog this first. So I want you to really spend a lot of time with you as the owners. Your hand goes down, your dog touches his nose to your hand, and you give him a treat. Down, touch, treat. Down, touch, treat. So that when a visitor does this, it's a very known behavior. But you only want to do this with people that the dog is really getting good with, is really looking forward to seeing. It would be kind of a finishing exercise. Again, no aggression shown almost at all at this point, almost zero. So really good. Rules one and two of the three rules apply all the time. Rule three and its three components are only to be done inside your home with mildly aggressive dogs. And component C is only supposed to be done with someone who the dog is really getting very comfortable with and after you've trained this targeting behavior. What is the goal of these exercises? Well, we want to move some level twos, friends, family, neighbors, to level ones, increase that three to five to more, but also to get your dog to generalize their feelings about visitors. In other words, if you have enough really positive and safe experiences with some of these level twos and they start moving into level ones over time, and I'm not talking a week, I'm talking about many months and many exposures that sometimes these dogs who have this territorial aggression, mild levels of it, will start to realize that, wow, these people are coming into the home. They're not acting scary to me. They're not doing scary things. They're doing very positive things with me. And I'm starting to realize that visitors might be okay. That's your goal. I'm going to include a link to a handout I have on the three rules in the episode notes. Please take a look at that. It's two or three pages long. Take a look at that. And that goes over some details about what we've been talking about. Before we finish about the three rules, I want to make a quick note here. Please don't bring unfamiliar dogs to your dog into your home. It's just like with humans. They don't like it. And don't do it. Don't bring unfamiliar dogs into your home or take your dog into homes with unfamiliar dogs. They hate it. And it is a true Russian roulette game. Introduce dogs properly outside of your home first. And I might cover this in future episodes, how to do this. And I'm really talking about all dogs. You might say, well, my dog's fine with all other dogs. He just has problems with humans. I don't care. Even if your dog is 100% fine with all other dogs, I really recommend you not bring unfamiliar dogs into your home or vice versa. If your dog has a play buddy that he loves, whatever, that's probably okay. But when you bring unfamiliar dogs into your home, they don't like it too much and they might start marking in your home for obvious reasons. I just advise against it. I really do. You now know that human aggression in dogs outside of your home 
normally translates to a heightened level of aggression in your home called territorial aggression. We also covered why this is. We talked about the three levels of visitors to your home and the three rules as a way to work with your dog if their aggression or avoidance is quite mild. Behavior issues with dogs are all interconnected. In other words, your dog's aggression outside the home is affected by their issues in your home. They both have to be considered for the best chance of improvement of your dog's fear and resultant aggression or avoidance. If you have a dog with a mild level of human aggression or avoidance, I want you to think who the level one visitors to your home are and who might be some level two visitors. For the level two visitors, consider trying the three rules with them, if appropriate and safe. Remember, with level ones, the dog is completely fine. And with level threes, you just put your dog in their safe place. If you don't have a safe place, I want you to construct one. It's simple. In our next episode, we'll pick back up with exciting behavior modification exercises. I think they are. I'm kind of a behavioral geek, I guess, a little bit, to help your dog outside of their territory with their human and or dog aggression. And remember what I said in just a second ago, and that is all this stuff's interconnected. If you can improve the aggression issues outside the home, it will have an impact almost always in the home. I call the exercise we talked about in our last episode, episode eight, as chemotherapy for dog aggression or avoidance. The exercise I'm going to talk about in our next episode, I like to refer to as radiation treatment. It can be very effective and really focuses in on the issues while keeping the dog sub-threshold, of course. It can be very effective and it builds on what we talked about in episode eight. So you're learning some new things and you're adding to what we talked about in episode eight. Remember, all of your dog's various fearful experiences, whether inside or outside of your home, are interconnected. I know that's a theme in this episode, but it's important. You have to be mindful of all of them. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast on any of the popular podcast players. There are a couple of buttons at the bottom of the landing page on dogaggressionanswers.com where you can leave me a message. I try to answer all messages and always appreciate your input, of course. Before I sign off, I like to always remind you that the information presented in this podcast is for educational purposes only. If you have a dog who is aggressive and dangerous to humans or animals, please consult directly with a certified dog behavior consultant who specializes in dog aggression. And always take proper measures to ensure that your dog is never in a position to injure any human or animal. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining me today. Before you go, please subscribe if you haven't already. If not for yourself, do it for your dog. If you find these episodes helpful, please leave a review. I'll see you next time as we continue your journey of addressing your dog's aggression. Now go hug your dog.